0: Hello and welcome to Punch a Hole in the Wind, a look at some of the great thoroughbred racehorses who have graced our racetracks all around the world over the last century or so. I'm Ollie Hine and it's great of you to join me on this exciting trip down memory lane. My aim is to both remind you of some of your heroes from years gone by, but also to introduce you to some others whom you may or may not be so familiar with. Today we're going to the US, and to what many believed to be their golden decade of racing, the 1970s. And the hero at the centre of our story, apart from being brilliant, became something of the people's horse. Almost everyone, whether they choose to admit it, or whether it's simply a guilty pleasure, enjoys a good soap opera. The exaggerated emotions, the unlikely plot lines, the cliffhangers. The world of horse racing has had its fair share but perhaps none as up and down as that revolving around Seattle Slough, who had a dollop of Cinderella thrown in for good measure. At one stage, it almost felt like he was more of a commodity than a racehorse. But racehorse, he certainly was. And in that golden decade of 1970s racing in the US, he was unquestionably as good as any. There were no aristocratic genes and millionaires in his story, at least not at first. Two couples, veterinarian Jim and Sally Hill from the Swamps or sloughs of Florida and Karen and Mickey Taylor from Seattle, found him at the Kentucky Yearling Sales, outsized with a stumpy tail and a right forefoot that twisted outwards from the knee down. Yet Jim Hill, on a whim, pointed and said, Buy that one. They fell in love with him and stretched their budget to $17,500 to secure him. By bold reasoning, out of my charmer, he was sent to train with Billy Turner and quickly stood out, for good and bad reasons. Ultra-determined and quietly dominant, his messed-up foot meant that he ran in a strange, gangly, splay-legged way, occasionally tripping over himself, earning himself the nickname Baby Huey after the duckling cartoon character. The latter displayed utter clumsiness, like Seattle Slough but also unmistakable idiocy too, which Slew, in fairness, did not. Minor niggles initially kept him off the track, while other two-year-olds made their name and won some big races. However, jockey Jean Kruget, who would partner Slew through much of his career, was already telling fellow riders that there was a juvenile he'd been riding out who would come out and blitz them all. The other jockeys didn't pay much attention. Yet when sent to the course three times as a two-year-old, He defied expectations, blitzing all-comers by increasing distances. His Grade 2 victory in the Champagne Stakes by nearly ten lengths was the fastest mile ever run by a two-year-old in the US, a staggering 1 minute 34 and 2 fifth seconds. The Hills and Taylors had accidentally found themselves a champion. The brilliant form continued at three, where he had three warm-up races before trying for the Triple Crown. A rugged 16-hand colt, he took each as he pleased. Still clumsy-looking when he ran, he had nevertheless filled out and had a progressively saggy back, not unlike Man O' War. It was now that Slumania started in earnest, with the underdog colt in everyman ownership paying lip service to the supposed sport of kings and the public couldn't get enough. Even so, he sweated profusely before the Kentucky Derby a situation not helped by fans seeking to pull hairs out of his tail as mementos. Accompanied to the post as usual by the calming presence of a piebald stable pony called Steamboat, he still stumbled out of the gate, but Jean Crugier steered him skillfully and assertively through the field so that he led by the first turn and never looked back. The Preakness at Pimlico proved easier, and he won in one of the fastest times ever for that race and definitely the fastest opening mile in its history. That said, the owners, now known, together with Turner and Krugy, as the Slough Crew, were a little precious in keeping him away from their enthusiastic public at the course, a fact not lost by the more merciless members of the racing press, who appeared perhaps jealous at the fortune of these amateur owners. This escalated further by the time the Belmont Stakes arrived, with the Slew deliberately arriving 20 minutes late to the paddock, incurring a $200 fine, but minimising the chances of pre-race jitteriness. It worked, with a stunning four-length victory, ensuring the Seattle Slew was the first horse ever to win the Triple Crown while still undefeated, as well as the first to have been sold at auction. The public couldn't get enough. The press instead Chose rather bizarrely to round on Jockey Kruge, even though he'd never lost on the horse, and Turner was convinced that he was the perfect match for him. But Slough Mania now went into overdrive, and it was here, at the horse's peak of greatness, that the soap opera took a new turn. With Star Wars proving that very summer of 1977 that merchandising could make a fortune when marketed right, the Slough crew hired an advertising agency. Made flak jackets, t-shirts, and produced TV commercials for Xerox X-ray machines with their edgy cult, who needed to be tranquilized first. Despite his racecourse exertions and off-track schedule, a three hundred thousand dollar purse for the swap stakes lured the owners over to Hollywood Park against Turner's wishes. Tranquilized again for the journey. The inevitable happened. A shattered and dopey slew. Crawled home in fourth, 16 lengths behind J.O. Tobin. It was his only race out of the money. With emotions sky high, the owners needed a scapegoat and rounded, of all people, on trainer Billy Turner, whose heavy drinking was well known. He was replaced later in the year by Doug Peterson, but now things took yet another turn, as within weeks of Peterson taking charge, the slew was half dead with colitis. He completely went off his food and would sweat uncontrollably for hours on end. He could barely stand and often collapsed in his barn. Hill, the vet, diagnosed a viral infection and feared Slough might die. It was touch and go, yet he bravely pulled through and an autumn 1978 campaign was planned. As he was recovering, the Taylors and Hills sold 50% of their dream horse to a syndicate for $6 million. Seattle Slough, now sometimes referred to simply as the People's Horse, returned successfully in a couple of low-key races before just being edged out by Dr Patches in the Patterson handicap. Krueger hinted strongly in post-race interviews that the Slough had been left a gallop or two short in training. Patterson took umbrage and sensationally sacked Krueger, replacing him with Angel Cordero Jr., Another member of the slew crew was gone. But the slew wasn't done. He next took on Affirmed, that year's Triple Crown winner, the first time that two Triple Crown winners had ever met, in the Marlborough Cup over nine furlongs. The younger horse was the favourite, but the slew unleashed his onlooking stride in the home stretch in devastating style and won by over three lengths in near world record time. After a follow-up win over Exceller in the Woodward Stakes, the slew then ran possibly his greatest ever race, in defeat. In the Jockey Club Gold Cup, both Affirmed and Exceller returned. But halfway through, as the two Triple Crown winners posted suicidal sections, Affirmed's saddle slipped and jockey Steve Cawthon could barely hang on. Bill Shoemaker on Exceller was 20 lengths adrift, but pacing much more steadily and gradually ate into the slu's lead until the home stretch where despite his monstrous exertions early on seattle slu displayed astonishing courage and refused to yield exceller won it by a nose but the slu's sky-high reputation only grew one more commanding victory in the stoyvacent handicap and the great horse was retired winning his third horse of the year award and truly he was a star The image of a horse that you can see on many license plates in Kentucky is specifically that of Seattle Slough. He was expected to be a failure at stud, but again confounded the naysayers by becoming one of the US's most valuable and successful stallions. His dam, My Charmer, meanwhile, proved that Seattle Slough was no fluke and later produced Lomond, the English 2000 Guineas winner, as well as Seattle Dancer the most expensive yearling ever sold at public auction. That $17,500 initial outlay for the slew really had been the steal of the decade. But as Taylor had once related, you don't go out and buy a horse like that. You don't go out and breed it. You just look up, and there he is. In a final, inevitable twist of the soap opera, in 1992, the Hills and Taylors had something of a falling out with the latter buying out the former's remaining quarter share. There was never a dull moment with Seattle Slough. Baby Huey never lost his idiosyncrasies. He was obsessed with grey mares, but was indifferent to bay and chestnut ones. He died on the 7th of May, 2002. Poignantly, 25 years to the day after his Derby victory. But then, Seattle Slough always knew how to tell a good story. Next time, we'll go to a different part of the world and explore the exploits of another great horse from another era who could punch a hole in the wind. But until then, this is Ollie Hine signing off and saying thank you for listening.